Hi everybody, I'm Peter Travers. Welcome to Popcorn, where we tell you what's happening at the movies. And people, there really is only one movie. Uh, it's called Star Wars The Last Jedi. Um, and there's really only one Luke Skywalker, and he's our guest today. Mark Hamill, welcome. Thank you, Peter. I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad you brought your publicist. <laughs> you know, <laughs> here she is, and she's going to watch me. Yeah, she's getting more famous than I am. She's been in Vanity Fair, and she's been in the New York Times, and... She's a rescue dog, actually belongs to my daughter, Chelsea, but uh, she has a passport. She can go to England and Japan and China, and it's great, you know, to have your family with you. I, I think it's great. So she will help me when you're not helpful at all about Absolutely. revealing Absolutely. In fact, she has spoilers galore. I she was she there. She saw everything. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to start with the title itself, right. The Last Jedi, because right. we've all seen the trailer. We've all seen... And heard you say, the time of the Jedi must end. It's yeah. over now. It was, is, it, is it over? It was shocking to read that in the script. I only know one truth. It's time for the Jedi to end. I thought, are you kidding me? <laughs> Jedis don't quit. They never give up. Um, but, you know, part of this process is understanding that it can't be the way it was in George's original movies. It's the next generation, and I have to accept that. Now we have filmmakers and writers that were fans themselves that have grown. Ryan Johnson was a little boy, J.J. Mm -hmm. Abrams was a little boy, and grew up uh, loving the movies themselves. So I find it really interesting sometimes to uh, uh, see how they see it, because I don't want to... I, I, you can't help but become a little possessive of your character. I would think so. And to say, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't say that. Uh, but that was, I'm glad that came out in the trailer because that was one of the things that was really troubling me. And, uh, uh, you know, Ryan pushed me out of my comfort zone. And I think that's a good thing. Because if I were sort of a benevolent, benign Jedi giving advice, and nobody could do that better than Alec Guinness, and we've seen it before. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think the real challenge for the filmmakers is to uh, deliver the kind of film that has the elements that mark any Star Wars film, but push the boundaries and try and surprise people, which is getting increasingly difficult to do because they've seen it all. And the amazing ancillary material, the novels, the games, the role-playing games, the comic books, uh, some, some of the concepts that I favored, I remember saying, uh, my son Nathan was born when we were doing Empire Strikes Back, and it's probably the biggest real Star Wars buff. He said, Dad, you know, there's a, there's a novel where they clone Luke's hand and, 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 and grow an evil Luke. What actor doesn't <laughs> want to play his own evil twin? So I pitched that to Ryan. He said, the only problem is it's been done. They wanted to find a way to not use anything. Even, I guess it's called the extended universe. There's all that material that is uh, no longer canon. Right. Um, Can you keep up with all of this? No, no. My, my son will say, hey, Dad, you got a smoking hot wife. I said, Luke's married? <laughs> yeah, Mara Jade, you've got kids. Name, I don't even remember. Uh, I said, leave it to George to wait until after I've finished my role to get me a girlfriend. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> it's true. You know, poor Luke. The only thing in those original movies, you got to be attracted to your own sister. Which was a terrible shock as well, mm -hmm. because 
I'm not sure that George knew that he was going to go that way. Uh, maybe he did, but she plants a kiss on my face in Empire Strikes Back when I'm in the, the in the infirmary. So uh, yeah, we suspect that that maybe was a later development after the revelation about my father, but you never know. Um, I think he had them all sort of plotted out, but the details, it would, came into sharp focus only when it was time to shoot the movies. It's just, but now, I mean, in The Force Awakens, you had what I would call the best entrance of any actor in film history. You only show up at the very last minute. Right. Well, you know, it's funny that you should say that because I thought this is the most elaborate entrance in the history of cinema. But I said, you know what? Some film buff is going to come up to me and say, you're wrong and here's why. So I've changed it to it's the most elaborate entrance of my career, certainly. And, you know, any actor loves it when the other characters talk about them. So I started marking down in the script every time, Skywalker must be stopped. Mm. The sword of Skywalker is powerful. There's got to be more than 40 references. Uh, so it, it was quite a shock. I'll tell you where I thought I came in is when the lightsaber wiggles in the snow and flies out. I said, here I am, baby. <laughs> and it flies into Ray's hands. I said, what the hell? She didn't even, she didn't even have any training. Because the fans tell me, you've quit your training. That's another thing. Do they? They're just watching you. They know more about these films than I do. Because the last time I saw them was uh, in 97 when they did the special editions. And, and then I didn't, I haven't gone back. So I make terrible mistakes. You know, I, you know, I lost a trivia uh, contest to a little 10-year-old boy, and uh, I didn't even know what color. He said, what, what color lightsaber did you have? And I said, green. And he buzzed, and he said, no, it was blue, and you only got the green when you got your hand cut off. I thought, <laughs> God, to be humiliated on national television by a 10-year-old. <laughs> That'd be great. But it's spooky. They just said, sit there and quiz you. One of the yeah. questions, how about this? What was the model number of the Millennium Falcon? Huh? It's never mentioned in any of the movies for sure. This kid, uh, and it was long, 115-8769 or whatever. And now he, you're going to get all criticism. Well, that, I asked know. his father afterwards, how did he know that? He goes, well, Britain reads, he got the manuals, the vehicle manuals. And, you know, like I say, the ancillary material, they add so much minutia to the to 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 the movies and i've learned what kazizik is because like, i said excuse me what, what's kazizik and they said that's the wookie planet come on and they're <laughs> upset that i don't know it's spelled you know it's one of those george lucas words mm -hmm. desperately in need of more vowels k y z z x k or whatever yeah. uh but i love it i mean it's all for fun I feel like I'm in the business of escapism and, you know, the way the world is today, God knows we want to forget our troubles and go to, to, to that escape. galaxy far, far away. Just mm -hmm. to, It's therapeutic. We wonder, Mark, we're yeah. wondering, yeah. this is like 33, 34 years. Yeah. We haven't seen you. Right. You're on Octu and you're supposedly training other Jedi. And well, maybe, uh, maybe Ray that Daisy Ridley plays is somebody that you're training. Am I... You know, Millie's really bored. She's heard this question way too many times. I see the, I see that yawn. You know, it's like oh, I've been at many a junket. You yeah, know, and I can't, oh, yeah. I can't, I can't really do it. Well, but, it's funny that you mentioned like Luke never got married. He had sort of a sad life. You know, there are thirty years that are unexplained. And yes. I, I said to Ryan, I have to have a backstory 
for my own self to be able to play the part. And he said, fine, you can make it up. And I said, do you want to know? He said, yeah, I'll, I'll listen. Uh, if there's anything that I think is really wrong, I'll point out that that's not right. But the point is, it's not important to the audience in this story. It's no longer Luke's story. It's, it's Ray's story. She's the new protagonist. Oh, but on Force Awakens, how long were you actually working to do that minute? Uh, well, we, we went to England. There was the table read. There was a party, you know, get together, mm -hmm. you know, meet and greet kind of party. Then we had to fly to Ireland. Then we, uh, you know, getting up Skellig Michael. I remember the last day because it's brutal to get to the top. And I thought, well, I'm never coming back here again. <laughs> I mean, it's wonderful. We're shooting this in no, one. I, no, I urge anyone to go. It's just spectacularly beautiful, unlike any other place I've been on uh, ever. Uh, but uh, and, and when I read it for the first time, I said, oh, well, this will be green screen. J.J. has a studio in Santa Monica. I'm in Malibu. It's 10 minutes from my house. I'll be done before lunch. Alec Guinness finished his whole part in Empire Strikes Back before lunch, brought me to dinner or brought me to lunch at the Italian restaurant across the street from uh, L Street Studios. And he said, do you know, I believe this morning I earned more than I have in my entire career. <laughs> and I thought, you deserve it. Because he had, did all that. he had trepidations about coming back. He wasn't really happy with how commercial and over-merchandised mm -hmm. it was. And I asked him one time, I said, you know, because one thing that was so wonderful about him was that once I got over my awe <laughs> of being in his presence, he was so generous with his advice and the stories that he would tell. Um, he... Uh, was just such a generous and giving actor. And I, I stayed in touch with him. I have letters from him when I was in England. I'd go, if he was in the West End, I'd see the play and we'd go out to dinner afterwards. And then once I got to know him fairly well, I said, what is it about Star Wars that attracted you in the first place? He said, uh, well, I'd always wanted to portray a wizard in a children's film. And I said, well, because it is. And that's another thing people forget, you know. These fans that get really angry, oh, I didn't like that prequel, or I don't like Jar Jar Binks. These guys are 45. They remember how they felt when they were eight years old. They do. And they grow up and they're saying, why don't I feel like I did when I saw uh, Return of the Jedi or, wh or whatever? Mm -hmm. uh, and and uh, what I'm trying to say is that uh, George always meant these to be for adolescents, for children. We wanted to be on the cover of Highlights, not the cover of Time magazine. It's just they hit that sweet spot where it, it was uh, appealing to the child in all of us. And that's, that's the what The child, happened. but also there's a darkness. There's always yes. a darkness. I mean, yeah. you've worked with, on each of these movies, yeah. with another director. Yes. George is the first, Irvin Kirshner right. in Empire, Richard, Richard Marquand, yeah. then J.J. Abrams, and now Ryan Johnson. What's, are they all different? Are, they, are their approaches completely different? Or has um, George set the tone? Well, I think George was really sort of, he let Irvin be Irvin. And we went over budget, and that really bugged him, bugged George. It really stuck in his, he just didn't like that at all. Um, I know that caused a, a, a friction between him and Gary Kurtz, his uh, producer from American Graffiti in the first two Star Wars films. Um, Richard Marquand, I, th I thought George was very much more present shooting that one. 
you know, because I thought, uh, you know, he wanted to make sure that it came in on budget and on time. He couldn't direct. I wanted him to direct all three, but, you know, Lucasfilm happened. He, you know, it, it, it surprised all of us, the, the, the enormous impact that it had. And he was busy building his company, uh, you know, because we thought he, we thought of him as like dad. I mean, mm-hmm. he was my Obi Wan in terms of my relationship to the project itself. Uh, and then suddenly he was gone. I mean, Irvin turned out to be a godsend because Empire was much more cerebral. It, it was much more spiritual with the introduction of Yoda. Uh, it, it it was more challenging to the audience. You know, Star Wars was like an amusement park ride. You put on your seatbelt and sit back, yeah. and off you go. This one I loved, The Empire I loved so much more because it was the second act of an opera where terrible things happen to the characters and there are tragic consequences. Mark, you are family. You are the original Star Wars family right. to so many of us to do it. Now, in the last one, we lost Han Solo, you know, no mm. more. Here, you're saying goodbye to Carrie Fisher. What's it's, that like? It's tough. I mean... Uh, first of all, I was frustrated when I read the first script and I said, we don't have any scene, even a brief reunion at mm-hmm, all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I objected to that and I said, I think the fans are not going to like it. I was wrong. As it turns out, there was no backlash at that. I said to JJ, instead of uh, 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 Finn and Ray uh, coming and almost saving Han, what if it's Leia and I? You don't see. I said, keep me out of it like you want till the very end. She's trying to contact me all through the movie. She is. She's unsuccessful, so she goes herself, and you know she's about to be abducted by two costume guards. One guard turns to the other guard, shoots the guard, takes off his helmet, and it's me. That I did get her message. I said, number one, it's a hell of an entrance. Number two, it's misdirection. They think the delay is going to get it. Mm-hmm. And then we go, we got to go get him. And we rush. And we're back on a Death Star. Very similar, okay? We rush to his aid. And we don't alter what you want to do. But if we witness Han dying, that has so much emotional resonance that will carry into the next film. That was my suggestion. And as you see... <laughs> <laughs> they just listen to everything. Well, no, I told him. I mean, JJ's a wonderful director and a wonderful guy. But uh, and I'm, and Ryan as well. But uh, as I said to them, I have many, many really terrible ideas that I would love to share with you. <laughs> and from 400 of them, maybe you'll find one you like. As a matter of fact, Ryan is highly collaborative, and he did incorporate some of my ideas. Uh, but at the end of the day, that's not my job. I people say, you know, oh, you own that character. No, I don't. I'm the host body that is. They rent the character out to me. Yeah, but still, it's you, and it's, it's still you have it's me. But about. I can't control my own fate, as I said. That's Otherwise, Luke would have had a girlfriend. Did you have a minute with you? <laughs> I think he should have. And I hope that there's maybe in the third part well, we get to find out a little bit what went on in those thirty years. Yeah, I think it's okay. But did you have a last moment with Carrie on this set? Yeah, well, it wasn't on set, but uh, one of the things that was great about coming back was we had a certain comfort level after all these years. She knew it wasn't I was angling to get anything out of her or uh, somehow uh, take advantage of her. She was relaxed around me, and uh, we were, we had a really mercurial relationship I and mean, we blew hot and cold 
she could make you feel like the most important person in the world and you're the funniest, you're making her laugh, you're delightful. And then the pendulum would swing. It was like a real sister. We would have fights and I'd say, oh, you're so full of yourself. I mean, you're overplaying this bipolar thing. I'm as crazy as you are, you know, <laughs> but I just don't write books about it. And, you know, I'm thinking you're using that crazy as a, a tool to get away with murder. Because, you know, when you do these bizarre things, everyone says, oh, well, she's crazy. Now, having said that, she brought so much light to the the truth of uh, uh, mental illness and so forth. So I don't want people getting upset. I mean, she was brilliant and fiercely, fiercely honest about herself. I mean, I couldn't believe how brutally candid she would be. The first night I met her, I said, let's, I called her on the phone. I said, well, let's go to dinner so we get to know each other. And we went to a a restaurant in London. Within 20 minutes, she was telling me these hair-raising stories about Debbie and Eddie. Like, should I be hearing this? Like she had known me. What is happening? I know. It's like she had known me I knew her, and that was it. The first time you meet her, she will tell you everything that you could possibly ever remember. But she was so funny and so... What was the last time you saw her? Well, when we, uh, I went into her trailer. (laughs) Because whenever... She was on, on the lot. Um, I had to go to her trailer. And she would do crazy things. Here's an example of mm. one thing that she used to, She's exasperating. That's what she was. We were in sort of an unofficial contest to get to one million Twitter followers first. <laughs> and she was 63,000 ahead of me. And I said, game on, girl. And uh, I started pulling all these ridiculous stunts. I'd have to get them cleared with the front office. But, but I'd say, like can I do this and this is the punchline of my joke because I'm going to promo it on Wednesday and I'm going to reveal it on Sunday because I'm a real showman. I would build it Mm -hmm. up this Sunday night, 8 p.m. UK time, an exclusive look at an episode eight trailer, which if you logically think about it, we're shooting the movie. Do you think they're going to let me even show a still? No. Well, I played the Joker and the Trickster, so nobody takes anything I say seriously. But I would promo it, you know, 48, 24 hours, tomorrow, tonight, you know, two hours away. And, of course, the picture is me peeking out the door of my trailer on the back lot. My kids are saying, Dad, that's kind of dad humor. I said, what? It's funny. They said, well, funny to you, but, you know, dad humor is really lame. (laughs) So, I mean, some of the fans thought it was funny. Some of them were saying, cut it out. It's not funny. But I was gaining, gaining, gaining. Now, I'm getting close to her, and I say to her, first of all, I kind of feel bad because I was really gaining, and she was only, she'd go up 1,100, I'd go up Mm 12,000. So I sent her an email, and I said, look, my daughter called ahead, and they'll let it, and we've never seen our wax figures at Madame Tussauds. So I wrote an email. I said, hey, Carrie, you want to explode the Internet and really, uh, you know, challenge me? Uh, gaining on you on Twitter, and I explained the situation. It'll be so much fun. I didn't hear back from her. Three or four days later, I look on the internet. There she is at Madame Tussauds, posing with my figure, posing with her figure. I went, what? I was livid. And I, we got it. And when I went to the studio the next day, I said, Carrie, what did you do? And she what are you talking about? I said, I said, we should go to Madame Tussauds. I'll pose with Slave Leia. You can pose with Luke in the throne room. And she goes, oh, that's a good idea. We should do that. I said, you did it! So that sounds like the whole relationship is that. And well, when she looked up to me, here's the thing. You could not stay mad at her, Peter, because she's, she said, well, after saying, well, we should do that, I said, 
you did it. It's like it was my idea for a party. You threw the party and you didn't invite me. Uh, uh, and she goes, oh, should I not have done that? <laughs> she made everything fun. I mean, we look at the schedule of, of, of the, you know, the, like those press junkets and so forth. They go, oh, man, like, look, there's 35 in one day. Oh, but Carrie will be there. Carrie will be there. We'll have lunch with Carrie. We'll be in her. She'll come to my room. I'll go to her room. You, you could. It was impossible not to have fun around her. So we end. This show always ends in song. It's the first time you've been on. Right. You're just like a master of voices. Your Alec Guinness is great. Well, you heard my Harrison Ford. Right. Uh, <laughs> the thing really about help being you about a voice actor is that it's a character actor's dream come true. Because they cast with their ears, not their eyes. Mm-hmm. I never would have gotten the Joker physically. I'm not right for it. But uh, maybe that's the song we should sing. Maybe we should. Joker sang, Jingle bells, Batman smells, Robin laid an egg. The Batmobile lost its wheel and the Joker got away. Yes! <laughs> I love that laugh. You're supposed to join you in. You had that laugh in Amadeus. Yes. I remember I when I saw I worked on it. Because the, the thing, you laugh. couldn't change the dialogue eight but times a week, laugh. but you could play with the laugh. <laughs> yes. They're going to pull you out of they here. They are? They are. Here comes the but, hook. That's right. It's coming. That was it. It has to end. Mark. Uh, thank you so much. You are a pleasure. I enjoyed Constantly. it myself.